Hello and welcome to this Christian Walk Podcast, the show where no topic is too taboo to empower you on your walk with God. I'm your host, Marley B, and it is my privilege to welcome you back to Season 5. And today's conversation is all for the single people. Sometimes singleness can be associated with shame, even disgust. But my guests today are living their best single lives, and they are here to share their blueprint on how to live single and satisfied. So without further ado, let's get into it right now. Listen, homie, can you walk with me? Talk with me. What you know about God will he ride with me? Come and open my eyes for me and my story. Show me more what's in store. And once more, listen, homie, can you walk? Can you walk? All right, Ernest Jefferson and Dr. Samantha Deloche, welcome to this Christian Walk podcast. Thank you. Thank you you for having us. Thank you so much for being here. I am super excited about this because while I've had a lot of conversations on this show, but some I can relate to more than others. And today, hunty, it might be just for me. I don't know, but we're going to see. But before we get into our topic for today, I want to give you a chance to introduce yourself, Ernest, to the TCW fam and reintroduce yourself, Dr. Deloach, for the TCW fam, because this is your third time, I think. Third time. <laughs> All right. So we're going we gonna to make it happen. So let's start with you, Sam. All right. Hello, everyone. I am Dr. Samantha Deloche, your modeling pharmacist. For those who are asking, what is a modeling pharmacist? Well, I'm a pharmacist licensed in three states. So I actually dispense medications and I model. So that's how I came up with the modeling pharmacist. I have my own trademark LLC. I'm also a motivational speaker, host, uh, MC, and I have an apparel line, shopwithsamanthad.com. So I do a lot of different things. I, I feel like I'm an entrepreneur advocate for women, missionary, um, travel to different countries to help out. So I have my hands in a lot of pots, but uh, today it's about the modeling pharmacist. (laughs) The modeling pharmacist. Welcome, welcome, welcome back. Dr. Samantha Deloach and Ernest. Hello, everyone. My name is Ernest Jefferson. I am a a single adult, uh, never married. I, by profession, I am an operations manager in the upstate of South Carolina in the insurance industry. And uh, of course, the state of South Carolina is my home. Uh, I am have a lot of uh, ties to ministry. Um, uh, currently, I am a member of St. Mark United Methodist Church, better known as the 911, and I serve in various capacities there. Uh, outside uh, of the church, I kind of operate my own uh, singles network. It's called Carolina uh, Christian Singles, and I try to connect uh, ministries and single adults together and also consult with those who lead ministries to make sure that we are meeting the needs of the single adults in our churches and within our communities. And then other than that, uh, I am a Traveler, I love traveling. It just helps me keep balance in my life. I'm also an author. I love to write. And I um, believe in giving back to my community. So I volunteer not only through ministry, but through other organizations. So I believe in keeping a well-rounded lifestyle and also having balance and living uh, with purpose. Yes, 
Yes. I love that living with purpose. And I have to say, I, I think that's one thing that I think all of us have on in common. That's one thing. We go after purpose and living on purpose, in purpose. Um, that is such a pivotal part of who makes us who we are. And I I'm, I feel like I'm in great company with that. I love that you guys allow purpose to be your driver. That and along with God, of course. Man, we know that our, our purpose comes from God. So it goes hand in hand. And I just appreciate the fact that you guys take the purposeful route because that's really the only way to travel, right? So, so <laughs> on, this, so on this walk Very with true. God. So, um, and another thing that we got in common um, is that we are all single adults. Absolutely. Right? We are yeah. all single adults. And I want to I wanna get real about the stigma that can be associated with being a single adult. Yes. For whatever reason, um, whenever it started, I'm not even sure exactly when it started, but it's something that's been perpetuated as far as singleness being something that is a, a shun thing it's a taboo thing it's a it's a it should be it, it's like associated with even a certain level of shame mm -hmm. and i'm hoping that you guys and i'm i'm i know let me be clear with my words that you guys are the best examples of people that diminish that stigma you know what i'm saying and i feel like i'm i'm in that number as well but it took a minute to get here you know what I mean? And I just want to be real about the stigma about it. And let's combat it together because it's something, I feel like that stigma just got to die. <laughs> I just feel like it got to go right to the pits of hell. And yeah. I, I I hope you will do your, your part today will help me stamp it out. Right? Yeah, so, and I like, um, Ernest, now you said that you was never married, right? Right, yes. Mm -hmm. None of us have ever been married, right? I, I haven't been yep. married. It does, and, and, and nobody has children. No. Right? So let's start out with the first thing. Now, we're all, now we just heard you guys' resume all, all rip. And so one thing, and I, I'm going to tell you, it was really, I won't say it was hurtful, but back in the day, I, I was one of those people that I didn't want to have kids. When I was younger, I didn't want to have kids. And I used to be vocal about that. I'm not having kids. When I was like in my 20s, I'm not having kids because I didn't really like kids. I'm going to be real transparent. <laughs> I didn't like kids. And it was a long time before I liked them. When I, had my, when I became an auntie for the first time, then I, I kind of, I liked my niece. So, you know, she changed my mind, but I didn't like them. And I used to tell people, and my grandmother told me something that kind of, it kind of it kind of hurt me at the time, but I didn't really, I couldn't really say it at that point. But not in, in retrospect, I believe that it it did kind of hurt my feelings. She said, "I don't think you can have a full life. I just want you to have a full life." And she didn't believe that um, I could have one unless I had kids at that time. And I'm just wondering, like, as a as a person, because I know Sam, we're in our forties, you and I, and Ernest, you're in your 50s. Do yeah. you feel like not having kids? Have you ever had that feeling? Let's be honest about it. Like, if you felt like, okay, that was an, an issue or, you know, do you feel like, okay, no, I never felt that. And tell me why. Let's start with you, Ernest. Sure. So certainly, um, you know, I'm 51 
And that is, I, I will say that I love being single. I have always loved being single. But one of the things that I have thought about over the years is not having children. And what does that mean? Because I am my father's only son. And so, you know, I'm like, does the Jefferson name die with me, so to speak? And so, you know, that kind of weighs on me sometimes. And then you think about legacy. But, you know, I, you know, God has helped me to realize that, you know, when you work in purpose and when you're serving him and, and when you're doing things, when you have impact and imprint um, in society and community, you're leaving a legacy there. So you don't necessarily, you know, need children to do that, so to speak. The, the other thing that I really struggled with when I was much younger was that I was like, because my family, we're a very tight family, you know, we, we take care of each other. And I was like, you know, who's going to take care of me if I don't have any children? But, you know, I, I believe in the principle of sowing and, and reaping because for the past uh, six years, um, I served as a caregiver for two of my um, senior citizen um, family members. My grandmother, um, she died last year at 97, and she was a single adult who never married. And my uncle, um, he uh, died with Alzheimer's um, about three years ago at the age of 75. And I stepped in and I was a caregiver for both of them. So I, I believe that, you know, if if you put good things out, good things will come back to you. And and, and this is a biblical principle, you, you know, you reap what you sow. So that has helped me through that. Absolutely. And there's a lot of people that have kids that end up alone, locked oh, yeah. up in a, so true. In a, you know, yes. in a nursing home or yes living alone dying alone yep. so that doesn't automatically guarantee you sure. a bed a bedside uh companion absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah so what about you sam yeah well i had some of the same you know concerns that you know ernest had that you know how would i leave a legacy you know i, I want you know i'm a part of a sorority I would love to have, you know, a daughter that I can pin in my sorority, you know, things like that. And I still do want children. Um, I had to look at it from a different standpoint. Like, there's other ways to leave a legacy. It doesn't have to necessarily be physically through me. Um, also, there are, uh, you know, ways to, like Ernest said, leave your imprint. And there's there's even ways, you know, I can even adopt. You know, there's other mm -hmm. options. So it's about thinking outside of the box. A lot of times we have in our mind how we think things should be or how things should look, and we miss opportunities to create another path. So I'm not against adoption. Um, I prefer to not have to adopt, but I'm not against that because I still do want to be a mother and I still do want to have children. Um, I have this idea where I want the full package. I don't want to be a single mother. I want to be a wife first and then a mother. So, you know, that's something I would want to do, you know, when I one day get married because I still would like to be married. Um, I've never wanted to be single. I just thought it would be easier than it is as far as um, having a mate. I put effort into education. I put effort into my modeling, like my own brand, but I didn't put the same effort into getting to know people or to develop a relationship. So the same hard work we take to build our careers and everything else, that's the same kind of effort you have to put in a relationship. And I was oblivious to that. I just believed that when I was ready to get a relationship, it would happen. I would snap my fingers and the guy would show up. He'd have the credentials, have the resume. And I wouldn't have to put any effort on my part. I felt like, you know, I was the good thing. I am the good thing. And, you know, so that part was kind of like a, a having to shift my, you know, my perspective. And then also not necessarily lower my standards, but 
kind of what you want. You know, I want to be a stay-at-home wife. Well, the reality of it is nowadays, you know, you need two incomes. So it's just a lot of the things that I had told myself um, and, you know, kind of, you know, not being as proactive as I should have been in my dating, um, not taking people serious, kind of just being very selfish. And so when you look back on it, it's like, oh, you know, you could have done things differently. And um, yes, I had the concern about, well, when I get older, who's going to take care of me? But I plan on being healthy and vibrant anyway. I'm not claiming to not be able to take care of myself. So um, that's not a big concern because to be honest, I'm not that close to my father. And so, yeah, I grew up with him, you know, but, you know, at the end of the day, I'm not that close to him. So you can have children and still, if you don't do the necessary seed planting and have that type of spirit of love and nurturing, then you may not get it back from your children anyway. So um, I guess that's my my thought process um, with everything. So. Do you think you would adopt if you didn't get married? Yeah, I think I would. I wouldn't do it right now, but I was thinking maybe around 47 or so, if I didn't have any children, biologically wasn't married, then um, I would look into um, adopting some twins, actually, because I want twins or triplets. So <laughs> um, I, I would probably do that because I have to, you know, go with how life is, if that makes sense. And sometimes when we take a step and say, you know what, this is not how I wanted it, but I'm going to make the best of what I have then God will usually surprise us anyway. So I might end up having my own family after I adopt somebody. You know, like you just never know how things kind of work themselves out. So, but I'm okay if I were to stay single um, or not have children, it would just be something nice to have. And that's another sidebar. A lot of things are wants, they're not needs. You know, we want to be married or we want to have children or you want X, Y, and Z, but is it a need? No, not necessarily. It's a want. And so- especially with how I like to travel. Like when Ernest said he's a traveler, I'm a traveler too. And I have about a good five or six international trips planned for this year. So if I did have a family right now, I'd be a, you know, a bad wife probably and stuff or a sucky, <laughs> sucky mom because I'd be having them stay, you know, at the aunts or the cousins. So, you know, I say, you know, maybe I should just truly focus and enjoy where I am right now because if I had a family, it would be, you know, a, a turmoil or a struggle sometimes. So sometimes we just need to just kind of embrace where we are um, and just really look at our lifestyle of, you know, do you have time or do you have room or space for what you say you want? And if I'm honest with myself, I really don't have the time right now for a husband and children. Or I would be depriving myself of more things that I want and I would have to put what I want more to the side and not, you know, give to them. So it's probably, I, I probably where I am for a reason. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. you know. Yeah, because God is intentional, right? So right. that's, and that's what I have to remind myself because it's just like, okay, if it didn't happen, it's because God didn't allow it to happen. If he didn't allow it to happen, it, he's going to make it for my good. You know, right. I have to, and you made a great point too, Sam, about being content in the season that we are in. A lot of times we negate the seasons that we're currently in trying to get to the next. When God is wanting us to, to pay attention and just be in the season that we are in so that we can get everything and learn every lesson that we're supposed to get while, we suppo while we're in the season that we're in. And I think sometimes the, the spirit of comparison is the is the is the real culprit when it comes to single people not uh being happy in the season of singleness you know and um Ernest so let me ask you this because we know for real 
singleness and being single is one thing. Being single and satisfied, that's another thing. And it's a process. So I, I just want to have like a real transparent moment, right? Because I know I can speak to a time when I wasn't happy or healthy in my singleness. You know what I mean? I loathed it. It, it felt like a punishment even. You know what I'm saying? And had you had a point that you did not, that you was being single the wrong way. I, I just said, you just wasn't being single the right way. You know what I'm saying? Not liking it. You know, you're feeling like out of place. You're feeling like you you wanted anything but singleness. Did you ever have that? Because I know you said you like being single and that you've yeah. been like, but sometimes we had those seasons when it's just like, you know what? I'm sick of this. Have you had that? And what was it? How did you get through it? So actually, I have not. A lot of people ask me that question. And, you know, I, I think one of the things for me, I was saved as a young teenager and God put his hands on my life very early in life. And he How began you? to uh, 15. Oh, okay. And he began to show me different purposes that he had for my life. And when I was in my early 20s, I received a, a calling to minister to single adults. And I went to my senior pastor at the time. I said, you know, pastor, you know, this is what God is showing me. It's a ministry that you don't hear a lot about, but I feel that, you know, you know, we need to minister to these single adults because the church I was at had a lot of uh, college students there. And I was a college student myself at the time. And, you know, my senior pastor, he consented. You know, he, you know, let me start the ministry to teach a Bible study ministering to single adults. So, you know, in my early 20s, you know, I was doing this work and I'm still doing it, you know, 30 years later. So, you know, I, I will say, you know, and, and it's true for me. And I know this is not everybody's story. And I certainly respect it because I understand the challenges. Now, just because I love, uh, you know, being a single adult doesn't mean it does not come with challenge. Everybody's going to face challenges. But I think uh, what individual, what I I want individuals to understand is that you cannot look at marriage like it is the solution to mm -hmm. life because it is not if marriage was the solution to life you would not have nearly 45 percent of our you know <laughs> population you know who were married divorced and Pretty and sad. so mm -hmm. and so you have to understand that you need to work on yourself as a single adult you need to say, God, what is your purpose for my life? You cannot put that expectation on a future wife or a husband to satisfy a need that only God can satisfy. And I think that's where we fail a lot. We, we put this on another person and they are human like we are. They have flaws like we do. And so, you know, I think we, we need to understand that. So like I said, for, for me, and, and and because I can be kind of a loner too. So, you know, I'm good, you know, <laughs> being by myself, but I, I certainly enjoy fellowship. I enjoy social. I am a very social person, but I do like my time away and by myself as well. And, I, and I've always been like that, even, you know, in high school and, and I was, you know, you know, I played sports. I was in, you know, leadership and government in high school and, you know, carrying on through college. So, I mean, I understand the importance of, you know, being social, but like I said, I've, I've really been um, content in my singleness, but like I said, I think it's because God had a purpose for me to minister to single adults, and like I said, I was called, you know, my 20s, I'm in my 50s now, so 30 years later, I'm still doing it, so I think that's why, but I know 
I, I'm an exception when it comes to that because certainly, I mean, I, you know, men and women, you know, have shared their testimonies and I've talked with many uh, individuals. So I understand and respect that struggle. And like I said, it, and it's certainly definitely okay to desire to be married. I, you know, God puts that desire, you know, in individuals. But I think we need to understand that and, and respect if God has not put that desire in other people, we need to respect that as well. Yeah, absolutely. Because I think that's a big myth that everybody that's single wants to be married. Mm -hmm. right <laughs> and you know and not everybody uh want to be married and i'm not talking about the you know just oprah and Stedman because we know <laughs> oprah don't want to get married i don't know if she ever go do it because she always says she just don't want to be married but you know you want to be in a relationship and i think we're talking about something serious we're not talking about oh i want to just be common law we're talking about people that saying hey i want to be single like I am I am good on a relationship and that's just what it is because I'm finding purpose in something else and especially when you have that relationship with God that where he's like Ernest has let you know hey this mm -hmm. is what I want you to do and you get the and you know for a fact at an early age this is what I want you to put all of you in and you say you know what I don't want it and I'm not saying that's your story Ernest but I'm just saying like if, if those those people that say, hey, I don't want to be married. You know what I mean? It's some people that's like that. I'm not one of them because I would like to, even though I got to the point where I wasn't impressed about it. You know mm -hmm. what I'm saying? It wasn't, it's, it's like, if it happens, great. God be the glory. And if it don't happen, great. I know he's going to keep me to God be the glory. You know what I mean? And so, let me ask you about uh, loathing your um, or having those periods of loathing or not or just being discontent I'll use that that were in your singleness Sam have you had a season like that what was that like how did you get through yeah I had um, a season like that and I, it kind of happens seasonally for me um, I think more than anything I wanted to be a mom and so I want to say it was really bad about I think after I got in my 30s I started kind of like feeling it and see May is my birthday month and it's Mother's Day and it's kind of close together so I, I knew there was another year I'm single my birthday passed and another Mother's Day is about to come up I'm not a mother so I would have an attitude no lie during the month of May I had this like um extra edge on me and I was kind of snappy especially for the first 10 days because that's usually my mom's birthday is the first my birthday is the fourth Mother's Day is usually around the 10th so I would just kind of be on edge, just kind of snappy, just had an attitude. And even my sister one year noticed it. She's like, why are you so, you know, angry? Why are you kind of, you know, why is everything just kind of a snappy reply? And I just had to kind of like deal with the inside. Like, I'm not happy with where I am. And so I, I had that moment. And then I had to really ask myself, Samantha, if nothing changes, then what are you going to change? Because it's not fair to be mean to other people or just to kind of have that edge on you. So then I had to be more intentional, which I've done over the past few years of building and creating the life that I want. So usually on my birthday, I try to take a trip. I, I just, I throw my own parties. Like I had to take it into my own hands. Like I can't wait on a spouse. Like Ernest said, marriage is not the answer for everything. You have to be happy and content as a single because whatever problems or issues you have as a single person, you're going to take into the marriage. Yeah. And it's not anybody's responsibility to make you happy or to give you fulfillment. We have to find it in God and then we have to find it in ourselves. So I had to be intentional about creating the life I wanted. And so, and I would feel it during Christmas time because 
all my friends and family were mailing out Christmas cards with their kids and their husbands, and I don't have a Christmas card. So I went and got my family together and we took Christmas pictures. And so I had to kind of just start, you know, like you said, being content where you are and just kind of, well, you know what, you don't have what you want, but what do you have? So what can you create? What can you do with what you have? And so I've just, again, been very intentional about taking trips, doing stuff and not putting my life on hold, not waiting for yeah. a spouse or waiting for things to change or even waiting on children. What can I do now with Samantha that can bring her happiness and bring her joy? And so now I can honestly say this past May, this past year, even Christmas time, I didn't have those, I guess they were like little small bouts of depression. I didn't go there because I knew those holidays were coming. So I had to be proactive and I had to do something that I wanted to do, enjoy myself so I wouldn't be focused on what I didn't have and focus more on what I did have or creating what I have. So that's just my thought. We have to, those moments are going to come, you know, for some people, but, you know, how can I stop that from happening or how can I stop myself from lingering or going down that dark path? And so that's what I've been doing. And so I've been feeling good, honestly. I, I, I feel like my endorphins, <laughs> everything is working where it needs to work because I've done the work of truly figuring out what you want. Because if you want a spouse, that's fine. But what, what are you going to do with that spouse? What did you want? You really want the trip. Okay, so you didn't have to take a trip with the person. You can take it with yourself. Or what do you want? I want a diamond. Well, then buy that diamond. You know, like, what is it that this person is bringing to you that you can't bring to yourself or can't substitute it, that makes sense. So, yes. yeah. That makes so much sense. Yeah. And you said something that was very powerful about and something that I, I think if anybody take a minute to think, you know, you've had at least one moment where you're guilty of doing it, which is just focusing on the wrong thing. We focus <laughs> on what we don't have instead of what we do have. And it all go, boils down to gratitude, being, being, um, being grateful for what you do have will change so many people's lives. They just don't know it. I know a lot of people who will beat their beat themselves up for what they don't have and won't take one minute to just consider what they do have. Because as you sit here pouting about not having a family, we we sitting in your house. We we drove here in your car. We have food today. You know, we drive by by homeless people almost every other corner nowadays you know what i'm saying gratitude should not be so few and far in between we really need to take time to be grateful for what it is that we have and when you when you take your focus off of that mm -hmm. that that that's just a, a not only is it a slap in the face to god but it's just a a, a poor use of life you're just wasting life by pointing out what you don't have because it's always going to be something you don't have and oh, it's always going to be something we think we want and then when we get right. it you, don't, <laughs> you, you, you think you know because I'm not going to say that I don't know any happily married people but I know a lot but I but it seems like the ones that are not happily married be the ones pressuring people to get married Absolutely. Do, do you guys have that like yeah. <laughs> let, let, me, let, me, let me speak to that yes. because you know that that's that's one of the things that hurt me and i have to catch myself a lot of times when i know 
you know, when, you know, there have been some public issues with your marriage and you're going to come and try to tell me, well, I need to settle down. And that's key within itself, because I'm not going to settle like you did and have the issues in marriage that you have today. Ernest Jefferson is not going to do that. Right. And, and so, you know, my thing is, I feel that if marriage is for me, I feel that marriage should be a calling and that God is going to put that you know, that calling, give me that calling. And then he's going to lead me to the right lady to be my wife. Yes. But yes, that, that is very frustrating. And I think the other thing is, is that people who did not, who are currently married, but did not live single the right way, they don't understand what it means to be a single and satisfied and successful. So if you had and you said I could be real, Marley. If you, if you had whole tendencies before you got married, you right. still have whole tendencies while you're married. Yes, and right. so just because you were married, that did not solve that issue. So my thing is, you know, don't be pressuring me because, you know, you're not content with where you're at in your marriage. Then don't be, you know, speaking into my life because, you know, I you know it's going in one ear and, and out the other, and I'm not listening to that. Somebody I would listen to would be my parents. You know, this year, my parents will celebrate 54 years of marriage, Aww. and they are a blessing to my life. But I have seen their marriage go through every season, <laughs> whether that's, you know, great, not so great, good, bad, you name it. And they will tell you, you know, you know, love is work relationship is work you got to communicate and they will tell you that and I have been a witness to that so I would I will I will listen to my parents and and my parents they don't even pressure me to get married they understand who I am they know who they raised me to be they see that I'm enjoying my life even though my mother did say she would like a, at least another grandchild <laughs> but but you know my thing is you know you need to if you're going to be able to speak into my life and, and I rarely let people do that. I mean, I have to know that it's coming from God. I just don't, you know, entertain foolishness in my life. Right. That part. Yes. Yes. And I, and you know, I saw this quote and I, I definitely, I just had to write it down. And I feel like I heard it in church before. Like I seen it when I was doing research for this, but I know I had heard it before. If you need somebody, then you don't need somebody. Uh, mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Because I just think, I think when, you know, all that, you complete me, my better half, all these things have diminished how important singleness is. Yes. And when you look at single, and Michael Todd broke it down in his book, Relationship Goals, being single is a whole person. Yeah. It right. is not, you're not a half a person looking for your right side or your left side. You are a whole person who should be looking to you're not even looking for it, but if you couple up with somebody, it should be another whole person. Right. Absolutely. Not a piece of a person. Absolutely. And Absolutely. I should not be trying to offer somebody a piece of a person. So okay. I'm not looking for somebody to completely complete me. So I, I, if if I if I if I am blessed with somebody who I can do life with, who I can share ministry with, share love with, and and share life with, that's different. Yeah. But I don't need you to complete me, bro. Yeah. And and I love what you say. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Because God does that. Yeah. I, but I love what you said, um, Ernest, because a lot of people think 
that all late troubles gonna dissolve at the altar. No, and like not. you said, jumping a broom, it, it's not gonna diminish your your hoe, it's not gonna diminish no. your your player, it's no. not gonna dim, it's not gonna diminish your um triflingness. No. Your low self-esteem, any of it. No. no, none of that. None of that. None of that. And and one of the things that I one of the lessons I did, and gosh, I probably taught this lesson 20 plus years ago at a singles conference, but I dealt I did some research on Abraham Maslow, who's a psychologist, and he had developed this hierarchy of needs. And so, you know, he talked about how you have to have your physiological needs met, you know, like, you know, food, sleep, shelter, water, stuff like that. And then you go to safety needs, um, you know, needs of belonging. And, and, and then at the top of the pyramid is, you know, self-actualization needs or walking in purpose. And, and so my thing is, and when I taught that, I was like, so if we work our way up this pyramid, the hierarchy of needs, I was like, you can see what your true needs are. And people do confuse their uh, wants and needs with each other because, you know, a lot. I have had people come to me and say, Ernest, you need to be married. I was like, I don't think I need to be married. And I'm like, right. how do you know what I need in my life? So, so I just think it's interesting. But I think people don't understand because they, like I said, they were not complete in their singleness. And so they just think everybody is, you know, walking around as an incomplete single adult, which I'm not saying all single adults are there, but I'm just saying, you know, don't, don't come to me with that. <laughs> I hate one off. I don't want to use the word hate, but I can't stand it when people offer a mate as a, uh, as a prescription, mm. you know what mm -hmm. you need? A man. <laughs> you like, <laughs> like, how? Is that gonna help this? Yeah. Like I, I, I don't, I don't understand. Like, and, what, like, and, and even worse, other single adults who are trying to hook you up, and they're not even. I'm like, you're not even married, and and, right. and you're you're in a situationship right now. So I'm like, come on now. <laughs> and a lot of people don't know themselves, and they're not comfortable with just being alone with who they are. They're so used to, I guess, growing up, your parents told you what to do, the teachers. So we, we're being taught and told so many things and we have yet to really listen to well, what is it that you really want? What do you want to do? Like my mom wanted to be a nurse, but her dad wanted her to be a teacher. So that's what she went into teaching. So we have so many people who are not truly living their lives for themselves, but they're so used to, this is what society says. This is what yeah. my family says. This is what this is what looks right. This is what looks good. And so that's what I should have. And then when you find out if you get those things, well, that's not what you really wanted. And so you're not really fulfilled. Some people even have children because that's what you should do. Like how you said, your grandmother told you, Marley, that you know, you're not going to be fulfilled if you don't have children. So there are people who are parents who shouldn't be parents, but they did it because all their friends were doing it. Everybody else yeah. was doing it. So instead of listening to themselves and really learning who they are, their temperament, their likes, their dislikes, their hobbies, their joys, just truly, truly sitting with themselves, finding out what you want, we're allowing the world and other factors, variables to help us build our lives instead of us truly building the life we want. And right. so if people did more self-inspection, reflection and all of that, um, then you'd have probably some different results and, and stop worrying about what people think about you because people are going to have something to say regardless. So you got to stop being concerned. And that used to be a big thing. I used to worry about what people thought. And um, now I'm, I can say, I, it's a shame it has to take to 40, but once you kind of get to a certain point, it's like, look, there's no dress rehearsal. This is the only life I'm going to have. So I have to be true to myself. And, and 
just me and God, whatever God thinks and says, that's who I need to listen to. Not necessarily my mom, my dad, or my family, or even friends, or what the world says, but what is it that I truly want? And then leaning into that, just building the life that I want out of that. And I'm so glad that you made that point because, you know, when you're doing singleness God's way, opposed to with how other people are being single, because some people think singleness means, okay, I'm free to sleep with whoever I want. I'm free to do. And, you know, that's, that's not what singleness is about. And being able to love yourself enough to say, you know what? I don't have to give all my goodies away. And I have to say, I'm talking to somebody who done, who had to learn that the hard way. You know what I mean? I had to learn that through experiences. But when I learned it, it was just like, wow. You know, but it, but a lot of friends, family, even family will tell you, oh, you don't got to marry him. All you got to do is have a little friend, a little funds. And you just like, well, dang, auntie, well, why would you want me to, do, you know, do stuff like that? Because it's people, do, how do you do deal with, you know, the, the hot, the hot, I'm, I'm gonna say that the hot in the ass single person how you deal how you deal with that person and you know when you're trying to do it the right way let's start with you Ernest what you how you deal with that all right so I, I think for a man a single man I think there is an expectation that we are players and mm -hmm. certainly um, I have people who try to put that label on me um, and I think they go to, you know, two extremes, either, you know, you're homosexual or you are a player and, you know, they don't believe that you can, you know, do life the right way, being, you know, led by the spirit, you know, trying to, you know, live life on purpose and not saying that I'm, I'm perfect by any stretch of the, the imagination. But I think, you know, for me, it, it's like, you know, I don't live down to people's labels and people, when they try to put those labels on you, I don't live down to those labels. So, you know, when people have tried to call me a, a player, you know, and, and people are going to talk, you know, so I'm just going to let them talk. They're going to believe what they're going to believe. So I can't worry myself about that because if I try to chase down every lie that somebody has told on me or every label that they tried to put on me, then, you know, I, I would not, be in purpose. So I have to keep doing what God has called me to do, um, walk in the blessings that he has for me. And I can't worry about that. But for single adults who are out there wild and so to speak, you know, you know, I think, you know, there is a better way. And, and, you know, you know, I understand that every single adult is not saved. And I understand that, you know, they feel that they need to, you know, the flesh is real. Let's let's just be real about it. the flesh is real. You know, you know, the Bible, you know, which is our God book for life, talks about how we deal with the flesh versus the spirit. And certainly I, you know, go through go through that as well. You know, we, you know, we have to die to that flesh daily. And I have to be very careful as, as a single man because I have a lot of female friends and I have to be very careful how I interact with those female friends. I have to be careful that you don't get because a lot of times it's not so much a physical intimacy as it is emotional intimacy mm -hmm. and i understand that with females you know once you connect emotionally it's like you you already have a soul time you exactly. know exactly we time. go together so, so we I have, go I, together quick yeah, i have to be careful with, with yeah. that so you know you know my thing is is that 
you know, and I know our society is sex crazed, and like I said, but and we do have that flesh side of us. Lord, Lord knows I do. And but you have to, um, you know, you have to die to that flesh daily. Um, you have to set boundaries, which I try to set healthy boundaries for myself. I try not to put myself in a predicament or a situation where I know I'm going to fall. And, and, you know, there, there are things that I know for me that I cannot do. There are places I know that I cannot go. And so I try not to do those. And I'll give you an example. And, and I, I shared this with one lesson I was teaching one time. I told uh, this group of singles, I said, I know that I cannot passionately kiss a woman. Because if I passionately kiss a woman, my body starts preparing for sex. And I was like, so if you know you cannot handle that, you should not be doing that because what's going to happen? So, so right. you know that about yourself. So you have to, um, you know, set healthy boundaries for yourself. So I think for me, uh, that has, uh, you know, that has helped to, to set those boundaries, be careful with my interactions. But, you know, like I said, you know, we do have a lot of, like you said, Marl, you know, people are just out there wilding, you know, if it feels good, do it. And that's what society is telling us to do. Yes. But again, you know, we, if we, if for those of us who say that we are Christian and we are single, then we know that we should not, uh, we should be, you know, living a different type of lifestyle. That's right. And how you deal with that, with the pressures of that, Sam? <laughs> I was hoping you were going to go to another question. <laughs> but no, no, I can answer it. And hopefully my answer won't get me in trouble, but it shouldn't. I think this is a safe place. So I'll, I'll get to the other part later. But what I will say is, like Ernest said, don't put yourself in situations that can lead you down that road. Because the reason why I feel like I am celibate or not having sex is because I haven't been tempted in that area so I don't know how strong I would be, honestly, if everything I wanted showed up, had the education, had the looks, had the money, and loved God, you know, and, you know, didn't have no children. You know, if all that stuff lined up and that was looking at me, I don't know how strong I could be, to be honest. So I feel like a lot of times we're doing right sometimes because those options are not there. Mm -hmm. So I try to not allow myself to get into those options. And then I know this word is not, uh, sometimes it's it's kind of like a 50-50 when it comes to the church, when it comes to this word, I'm going to say it, masturbation. Yeah. Um, that can kind of get kind of hairy. Um, the Bible doesn't clearly specify masturbation, but anything that takes you off of God and if that's your uh, new focus and you're doing it excessively, then that's not healthy. So right. I will admit, on this podcast, I have, you know, gone down the road of masturbation for those moments where I felt like, you know, if I don't take care of myself in this moment, I may reach out to somebody else. And I didn't yeah. want that to happen. So right. I, that's me being real. We being real, being transparent. Hey, this is it. This is it. Yeah, I'm not embarrassed to say that. Um, that's my business. And, you know, I'm sharing my business to say for the person that's hot in the pants, it might be better to cool your own fire than to allow somebody else to cool it. Now, this is not me. This is not biblically, you know, I'm not judging nobody. I'm not telling you what you should or should not do. But I will say that, you know, I have done that. Now, I'm not a habitual masturbator by any means. But, you know, I'm not going to lie. I have had that experience just because I didn't want to step out and involve myself with somebody else. So at the end of the day, you have to be prayerful about what's going to work best for you in your life where you are and yep. you know 
again, no judgment. It's your business what you do behind closed doors. Because a lot of people saying one thing and doing another thing anyway. And doing so it's easy for me to right say, there. oh, I hadn't done anything. And I, you know, go to, night, go to bed every night. And I have on, you know, four blankets and I sleep. And, you know, my Bible's on my left. Right. I have a concordance on my right. You know, everybody ain't living that way. So that's why, you know, I'm, I'm keeping it real. So yes. again, find your healthy medium um, of what works for you. But again, we should not become, um, let our flesh take over. And whatever yeah. you feed, whatever you spend time giving and nurturing is what's going to grow. So yeah. if I feed my flesh, then that's what's going to grow. But if I starve it, if I, you know, put my boundaries for myself, because we need to sometimes put self boundaries. What am I watching? What am I listening to on the radio? Where am I going? What am I doing? We have to, you know, make sure that we are keeping ourselves in check so that way we won't be tempted in those other areas. So Ooh, that is that a great point. We have to stuff. we have to be real about what we're feeding because we're wondering why we are hot and bothered. Why? Oh, I just want to mess up some sheets with somebody and I don't know why. <laughs> but you 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 don't watch the magic mic. A marathon, and then you you got little Kim uh blasting, and then you got Drake coming on on rotation. Yeah. And that's the reason you know those kind of things getting into your spirit will feed that that part of you. And right. I, it's like we don't get real about what it is that we do to set ourselves up about mm -hmm. it. And we don't realize that we setting ourselves up for it because mm -hmm. I I've met a lot of Christians that you know have been able to walk out self-control but it's because they put boundaries on themselves like you yeah. said there um yeah. uh earnest of look it's some stuff i just can't watch it's uh, some stuff i just can't listen to because yeah. i know me and yeah. it's like a great part of singleness is that we have the best opportunity to learn ourselves but yeah. we have yeah. to be real enough to accept what it is that we learn and and, a, and and live life and apply what we do to it, what we do in it accordingly. Yes. You know? And there, there's one other thing that bothers me with some Christian singles. Um, when they when I hear that they pray that God take those desires from them, I'm like, what? I was like, no. I'm like, I, you know, I'm a human. You know, God designed me this way. And I, I want to keep those feelings. My God, I want to keep them to the day I die. So no, I don't want God to take that away from me because what if God does send you that mate and, and you do get married and what you going to do then if, that, if that's gone? So I'm like, that's just, I think that's just an extreme statement. And what you should be saying is that no, I need to set boundaries, set healthy boundaries for myself so I don't, you know, get out there and do something crazy. So, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Right. And I, that's a great point. I'm sorry, Sam, I didn't mean to cut you off. You was about to say something? Oh, no, no, no. I was agreeing with him. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So I love how you said, look, I don't want my, those parts to stop working. No. Because <laughs> we do, we mess around and wish that stuff. You got to be careful what you say, people, over yeah. yourself. Because yeah. right. I, I have to admit that I had got to a point where I thought uh, that my, you know, important, you know, my uh, parts was, I need to put them in the shop. I'm like, dang, do they still work? And then I'm like, okay, because I'm like, I, I got to the point where I had got almost, you know, I got worried. Do you, and I'm going to ask, that's my next question for you guys. Do you ever feel like, dang, I've been single too long? And, you know, I like, I'm enjoying this too much. Like, can I ever integrate with somebody 
at this point because I feel I start I was having that feeling and I'm just like man I might have to put the girl in the shop <laughs> like I don't know what's going on is, is she still functioning or uh, what happened and you know but then I realized okay yeah the, your plum is still fine down there but you know you just you just you you okay with where you at and that's okay but it worried me for a minute. Have you ever been worried that you've been single too long, Sam? Um. Well, I I did get to a point where I thought that I'm enjoying my life too much. So where maybe I don't need to add nothing or like don't need to worry about a, a having a mate or having children. So um, I kind of felt like well maybe I do need to not necessarily pull back from some of my activities, but maybe I do need to try to kind of become more sociable or. You say you want something, but if you're living and doing the complete opposite, then, you know, then what is it? So if I, I say I want to be married one day, but I don't even try to entertain or even date because people are like, do you go on dates? I really don't because I don't have the time. And then I'm not going to lie. I don't want to have to get to know people. I hate that beginning stage. It's a lot. That beginning stage is a lot. Yeah. Like, <laughs> uh, like, is this person serious? Is this person legit? Is this person worth my time? And I really just don't want to go through that. So I almost kind of wish, which I know is just a dream that God can say, yep, that's the person. Oh, so this is the person I need to invest my time in? Okay, they're going to be legit or I, this is going to be my future spouse? Okay, cool. Then I will take the time to get to know them, but everybody else can care less about. So um, yeah, it, it is a kind of interesting point because I'm kind of like, well, dang, maybe, maybe this is all right. Maybe I'll just you know, just travel the world and not worry about it, you know, but you know, there's a part that does want those things. So yeah, I get it. But, and then I want to go ahead and add some real life because it's 2023 and it's like, okay, yeah, you got to say, okay, does this person like me back? But then you are, you got to say, Hey, is, is this person gay? Is this person, um, is this person born of the sex that they sitting here in now? Then yeah. you got to say, hey, is this yeah. person uh, uh, full of debt? Is this person a serial killer? Is this person um, mentally stable? Is this person? A lot of those questions could throw you into like a, a state of paralysis sometimes. So right. I can understand how that those things, because that, but that one is, or that is this person list, that can be long. So I, I get not wanting to, you know, get to know people sometimes because do it, it, it seemed like you can never get to know nobody. And see, and don't watch 2020 like me when you see all those people <laughs> that they've been with people 20 years and then have like, I had no idea he was collecting ears and putting them in the bed. You know, I don't got time for that part either. You know, so, you know, you just never know. So let me ask you, Ernest, did you ever feel like, okay, I've been single just too long or no? Yeah, yeah of course. At, at 51, I'm a, I'm a professional single adult. So, <laughs> so, yes, I have felt that way. And I think that's one of the reasons God uh, had me to be a caregiver uh, for uh, the two family members that I told you about, to my uncle and to my grandmother, because there is a tendency when you are a single adult, and, and especially with no children, you're like, well, it's my time, it's my life, it's all about me. And I think God 
put that in my life to give me that responsibility to say, hey, you need to care care for them. And, and especially with my grandmother, I was the primary caregiver for her. So, I mean, I took her to all of her medical appointments. I, um, the family assigned a power of attorney over to me. I took care of her entire household. So it, it, it was a job. It was a full-time job. And, and I certainly, I, I miss her uh, in my life. Uh, she was the matriarch of our family and, you know, she died last summer and we're still grieving, grieving that loss. But I think God gave me that responsibility uh, to say, Ernest, I just need for you to remember that it's not about you. And, and then I try to give back to my community as well. So not only, you know, do I serve in various ministries, as I stated, but also, you know, serve in my community as well. So it's all about giving back. So I think when you're giving of yourself, uh, when you are selfless, then God, God is pleased with that. And but, but yes, I am a professional single adult. So I have been single, and I will say, and I tell people this all the time. I said, the older I get, the more set in my ways I get, so to speak. And right. so it, it is challenging. But yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm not going to say that I'm going to rule out marriage for my life. Um, you know, who knows? You never know. But I'm just saying I, I am content with where I'm at and life is good right now. <laughs> no, that's right. Well, let me ask you this, too, because I know we didn't all been here with this situation. And I want to be real about it. You know how when people know that you're the single person, they tend to, you know, take that for granted. You know, they they tend to use you up, you know. And I know mm -hmm. you you are a server. You got a servant's heart, Ernest. And I know you do too, Samantha, as do I. And one of those, you know, I want to help. You know, I'm I'm one of those. I'm 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 not eager to help, but I ain't gonna say I'm always like, anybody need anything anytime. I'm not that person. <laughs> But I'm the type of person, if I, if I can help you, I will. But mm -hmm. people will just uh, try to play you like, you know, you're the single person and use you up. I, I want to be real about that situation and how you handle it. Let's start with you, Sam. Yeah, I um, find myself being stretched pretty thin some days. But again, it goes back to boundaries. We've been using that word a lot throughout yeah. the show. Um, You have to. Just because I'm single does not mean that my time is anybody's. Like it's up for the, you know, the grabs. You know, I still have things I want to do in my life and, and what I want to focus my time on. And I shouldn't feel guilty about it. And no one should feel guilty about it. You still should be able to do the things you want. And I don't mind helping out because I think the Bible does mention that a single person does have more time for the Lord. And they do. But also that's where burnout comes in. And that's where, you know, you have to be careful with your mental health. So it's nothing wrong with serving more and giving and, and, and being available, but still make sure you know you, um, know where you can fit in time for yourself because everybody needs to be intentional. And, and, and that's the thing, when you are married and have children, then your time is definitely divided. But um, as a single person, we should still be able to prioritize our needs and our time as well. So I have to um, realize um, when I say yes to one thing, I'm saying no to something else automatically. So I got to make sure that I'm not saying no to myself more than I'm saying no to the rest of the world. And that's how it used to be. I would go to stuff and I kind of still need to work on that area. So I'm not going to lie and act like I got it figured out. I still say more yeses than I should, because a lot of times I just want to go home and get in the bed and go to sleep. And yeah. I want, because I'm trying to still please people. And because I'm invited, I still try to show up because I ain't gonna lie. I know how to have a good time. I know how to add spice to the party. You know, yeah. so people will be there. And I feel like it's a blessing because not everybody 
um, can mingle and mix with different groups. Some people, you That's know, don't right. have the personality for it. And I'm not saying I'm perfect, but I feel like I have a pretty good personality and I can mix with pretty much any group or setting if I'm put in there. And yeah. so because I have that skill, um, I tend to feel like, oh, maybe I should use it. Maybe I shouldn't be selfish with it, but I also have to take time for myself. So that's something that I do need to work more on is saying no and just really figuring out, do you want to do it? You know, yeah, you got invited, but you don't have to accept every invitation. You don't yeah, have to go. You know, I always have invited. to be say yes. Right. We got we really gotta uh protect our yes as single people. We do, you know, we do. your yeses, you you we gotta we gotta have a budget for those. Mm -hmm. I think we need a yes budget for real. Yeah. And I, I just think that once we realize that consciously, that helps a lot. Like, let me see if this is in my budget before I say yes. I get back to you. You know what I mean? Exactly. And you you touched on something, Sam, that I that is so so important, really for everybody. But I particularly want to stress it for people who are single. We have to be conscious of our our mental health and invest time in it. Like, and that's not always, hey, I watched an episode of Beyond the Fix My Life. Really get a counselor, get a coach, mm -hmm. get someone that you can really evaluate yourself with because one gift that we should all really give ourselves whether you're single or not is self-awareness right. and we all need to 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 obtain that and treasure it <laughs> right and uh i just want to say this too earnest uh to you so let me so let me ask you let me ask you this because i know you you got a service heart now so well, I, how how what's, what's your yes budget looking like? Yeah, you... <laughs> so yeah. Well, while while I do have a servant's heart, I do know how to say no, and mm -hmm. you know whether that's at work because at work I certainly believe in work life balance, and mm -hmm. they know because they say, "Gosh, Ernest, you're always on PTO taking the trail." I said, "Yes, I've earned my PTO, and I'm using every second of of my PTO." <laughs> You know, at church, while I am involved in a lot of different ministries, I do know where to say no. And and when it's my time to get away, it's my time to get away. And so you, you can't say yes. And even, you know, with my family, I think probably the only person I never said no to was my grandmother. <laughs> you know, if she whatever she said, I was trying to I would try to be there for her and do it. But uh, everybody else, uh, even my parents, I mean, I, you know, you have to set some healthy boundaries sometimes. And uh, so, yeah, I, you know, I have no problem with saying no. And, and that's the reason you all see me on uh, social media traveling and my doing my outdoor excursions, because that's my time. You know, I, I love to be out in nature, to be, you know, you know, doing the hiking, doing the waterfalls, you know, traveling, you know, all over the place. That just helps me stay in balance with life. Absolutely. And I'm glad that you um to that you you set me up for the perfect segue here because I want to combat a myth that single people can't do certain things by themselves, right? Which uh some of them, just to name a few, is eat dinner at a restaurant alone, travel alone, live alone, go to the movies alone, go to church alone, even. Um, but what I love about you guys is you live on when it comes to that travel bug y'all both got it y'all don't sit around while it's like cool if a group is going but y'all don't allow a group to dictate whether you go or not because you understand hey i'm whole i'm single and if my whole self want to go to africa i'm gonna go and if my whole self want to go to paris i'm gonna go 
And <laughs> I just want to give y'all a moment to one, tell us a few places that y'all been. And let me let me know how you got there. So you got to the point where it's like, I want to, I want to go and what is that? What it, what does it do for you as a single person? Like you know, because that does something for you. I feel like every time you invest, and in, in, in any vacation is always an investment in ourselves. But mm -hmm. it's a, it's a, it got to be a different level. Because I have to say, I haven't had a a real vacation, a single vacation. That's something that I is on my to do list. But I've had like little, you know, the weekend drive trips. I'll drive up there myself, or I. I do, you know, I do that, but I haven't took a vacation by myself, but I'm doing that. But I'm looking forward to what that does for me. And so I'm interested in knowing what that does for you as well. So let's start with you, uh, Sam. Well, um, I definitely did um, attend or go to Paris for two weeks um, by myself. I think when you travel by yourself, you learn to trust yourself. I feel like it does give you a sense of empowerment. It um, helps you see the world differently. Because a lot of times we don't stretch ourselves to meet people or to be adventurous. If I'm with people I already know, then I, I don't have to stretch myself. I can just kind of stay in that network that I already know. But it allows me to be able to see the world differently. And so it, it makes me feel empowered. It makes me feel like there's so many relationships or ways that I can still enjoy myself. But I wouldn't have been open to it if I had other people with me. And like I said, it gives me the opportunity to trust myself and just kind of see the world differently. I'm not focusing on anybody else, but I'm focusing on what I want in that moment, where I want to go, what I want to do. And I'm truly just, to me, I, I um, described it that my trip to Paris was like an anniversary for myself. or It was like a honeymoon for myself because I was celebrating me. I was kind of, it was all about me in that moment. And I was able to fully focus on what does Samantha want? Where does she want to go? Where does she want to stay? What does she want to eat? Like, it was all about me. So I was like pampering myself and it was, it was um exhilarating. It was very, very enjoyable. And so I'm actually planning two more solo trips for May. Um, I'm about 80% sure that I'm a go, but I'm thinking about going to Niagara Falls by myself. And then I'm thinking about going to um, Cartagena, Colombia by myself. And these will both be short trips, but um, these are places I want to go. And I don't believe in waiting on people. A lot of times people will say, oh, yeah, I want to go. I want to travel with you. Then when it's time to discuss the budget, time to make those payments, then yeah. people kind of slowly fall off. And yeah. I'm like, if I have the PTO, if I have the, the means financially to do it, then why am I waiting on other people when I can do it myself? So, of course, you have to be safe. You have to be cautious. But um, I just feel like it's something that we all should do. Of course, you know, start small, maybe go out to eat by yourself or go to the movies by yourself. Just be okay with your company. And then, then do a, a, a local place, you know, go somewhere for like a, a day by yourself locally, then maybe take it to, cause my first solo trip was to Vegas. That was my first time of kind of going somewhere outside of the state or the surrounding areas. And when I did it, it was kind of like, yo, this is fun and this is easy. And it made me plan and make sure I knew what I was doing because I don't like looking like a tourist. Even if yeah. I do, you will never know because I'm not going to ever ask for directions because I already know where I'm going. So right. it just allowed me to plan and prepare and just make sure I knew what I wanted and where I wanted to go. And I made it happen. And I'm like, well, let's take this show on the road. Let's take this with the passport. Let's let's see how far we can go. And so, you know, my Paris trip was, I believe, my first out of the country trip. Um, and I enjoyed it. And people were like, you can go for that long? And I'm like, yeah, I got the time. Why not? And yeah. so I'm just kind of like, 
don't overthink it. I mean, you do want to overthink it in a sense of make sure you got your stuff lined up and together, but don't like think about, you know, what other people don't let them put their thoughts, their fears, their beliefs, their um, limitations, limitations on you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because it's really, it's not bad. It's definitely doable and it's enjoyable. And like I said, it allowed me to learn about myself and I do group activities while I'm there. You can still sign up for tours and do things with other people, but you're solo by yourself. And I went to New Orleans by myself and went to Essence Festival. You're like, so, I mean, you can do stuff because it makes me step out of my comfort zone and be intentional about saying hello and, you know, having someone take my pictures or I can take their pictures, but I kind of create my own network or family or become familiar with faces so that I can say, okay, I remember this person stays on this floor. It's, you know, it just makes me be more aware of my surroundings. And another Samantha has to emerge because I'm in a different setting and a different environment. So I'm having to stretch myself in ways that I wouldn't if I was with family and friends. So to me, it's a growth, you know, mechanism or it's just a way to, you know, kind of stretch yourself. So I get that. And, and Ernest? Yes. So uh, it for me, it started in my 20s. Um, I started doing a destination trip for my birthday every year. And so I've been doing that for about 30 years now. Um, you know, I just want to get out and just do something different. I, you know, do something out, out, out of the norm. So, you know, my goal is to eventually uh, visit all seven continents. I've been to four thus far, so I got three more to go. I also want to visit all 50 of the uh, states. I've been to about half of the states in the U.S. So, you know, those, those are my goals. But for me, um, traveling, again, is about a balance. It's about enjoying life. And But I know that's not for everybody. But, you know, when a lot of times people will ask me, and, you know, when I come from trips, both married people and married couples and single adults, you know, they will, you know, DM me or email me and text me and say, hey, you know, can you give us some, you know, ideas or, you know, tips about this? And I certainly, uh, you know, send my recommendations to them. But for me, it's about balance. That's how I enjoy life. And it gives me peace. It does, it, it helps with my uh uh, mental wellness uh, to get out and travel, you know, even just to get out and hike, you know, before this show today, I was down in Tacoma, Georgia, uh, hiking and enjoying the waterfalls of the lake. And then I was like, I, I need to get back home to do this podcast. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> so, so for me, you know, it's, you know, that's my happy place. You know, mm-hmm. my parents, they often say, cause my parents are homebodies. They was like, we don't know where you got that from, that travel <laughs> bug from, but I, I, I just enjoy going. I always have. And, and, you know, I'm like Samantha, you know, it's good to experience other cultures, um, you know, just to get out of your, you know, your comfort zone and, and be challenged. And, you know, um, last year for my 51st birthday, I was uh, basically in Spain. I visited a couple of the countries while I was there. But, you know, I had tried to learn Spanish and some key phrases I did pretty good. But I was like, hey, we have technology now. So I utilize Google Translate. And hey, I was rolling with the best of them while I was on the trip. <laughs> And, you know, and people, you know, they do ask, it was like, well, how how do you do that? And I was like, well, it's just planning. I was like, I, I use a biotour, um, you know, in the U.S. domestically and internationally. They help with, you know, plan excursions. And like Samantha said, you can join other groups once you get there. And for me, yeah, traveling in groups really irks me because I like to be on my own schedule, make my own decisions. I can't 
you know, stand, you know, discussing where we're going to eat for an hour, that just really hurts me. So <laughs> even when I do travel with groups, I kind of am independent, uh, in the yeah. group, so to speak. But uh, but for me, you know, it's it's uh, it provides balance and, and mental wellness to to, to travel. Oh wow! Hey man, well you you definitely came uh you definitely can't beat that, and, and at least you know that about yourself. You know what I'm saying? Find out, good people, what it's gonna take for you to be the best version of yourself, and do that thing. Do that thing. It's basically what I'm getting from you guys, and I, I appreciate that. I have appreciated this entire conversation. You guys are amazing people, and I thank you for walking in your singleness. And I'm hoping that single people looking at this are inspired. And anybody who feels like, you know, singleness is a punishment or it's a state, uh, um, a lurking state of, of despair, guess again. And if, in fact, you feel that way in your singleness and you're loathing it, I definitely want to uh, recommend that you, you, you get proactive in finding the joy that God it has an abundance of, and he wants to give it to you. And it, and I understand that not everybody can go up to the altar of the church and get what they're looking for. So be, take do, take the time to, to really talk to a professional, whether, it, you know, if it's a therapist, if it's a counselor, if it's a coach, somebody that can help you find your best self so you can walk in that thing. Now, I want to give uh, Ernest and Sam, you guys, a chance to just say um, just a few final words to somebody that may be struggling in their singleness in this season so that we can encourage them and let them know, hunted, it trouble don't last always. And at the end of the day, this season is not a season too low. It is a season to, uh, to savor. Let's start with you, Ernest. Yes, so I I would certainly say that if you are struggling, I'm going to ask the question, are you struggling in your singleness or are you struggling with life? Mm -hmm. And most of the times I think it's a life struggle, not a singleness struggle. Because again, if you think that marriage or relationship is going to fix your struggle, then you're going to be um, sadly disappointed. So I would say, you know, uh, understand, get to know yourself get to appreciate yourself. You know, I love the scripture that says we are fearfully and wonderfully made and God designed us and he designed us with purpose. And there are multiple things that and he, you know, blessed us with gifts and talents where we could be a positive uh, benefit to our community and our society. So I would say tap into um, that potential that God has placed in into you and get to um, release that potential, you would be surprised how allowing that potential to be released out of you, how it would bless not only yourself, but it would bless your community and others around you. So I would say, you know, you know, stop having the pity party, stop locking yourself up in the house, you know, you know, get out, enjoy life, do not what someone else wants you to do, but do what's important to you. Find out those things that you like to do, places that you like to go and do it. And then my other thing is, you know, 
connect with other single adults. I mean, you know, I, that's why I love single adult ministry. I, I'm a huge proponent of single adult ministry where we can come together and do fellowship activities. We can even uh, travel together. Um, so you can uh, connect with each other and just do life together. So that's what I would I would say. And, and, and Marla, I would also say, I just want to thank you for, for what you do, the forum that you have, uh, because you are certainly uh, a blessing. And uh, Dr. Samantha, I do appreciate uh, you as well. Um, I've known you quite a while since I was at the beginning, so I appreciate uh, all that you do and, you know, the, the focus that you have on, on living your life. So I'm, I'm inspired by both of you, and I'm a blessed man to get to spend some time with you lovely ladies today. <laughs> oh, thank you so thank much. You. I appreciate that. And for all your work in the single ministry, because right. you are so right about the need of single ministry in church. Mm -hmm. Right. Because and I, I'm going to put just a little pin in our wrapping up here, Sam, I'm coming to you. But you really when you think about almost it, it's not too many churches that doesn't have an abundance of single people yes. and to have a single ministry. Some some churches don't have them at all. And sure. then you have some that have churches, but for whatever reason, single people, they're not being involved in it. Sure. And I I. I I cannot stress enough how much community has been essential in me learning how to uh, love my season of singleness. Yes, and sure. I'm telling you, I was definitely not gung-ho to go. Like, I wasn't. And I'm not sure why that is. But I know I know that it's a lot of people that just probably have, and it's about the taboo of it. I don't want to be in a singles group because singleness ain't something to group up about, or you probably assume it's a pity party when that's not what it is. We celebrating our singleness and we're learning how to walk in it boldly and confidently. And being able to have people to do it with is a blessing. And if, if if it's available in your church I, or in your community somewhere, definitely partake in it. And 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 anybody a part of a church that don't have one, please raise your hand and say, "Can we get one?" Okay, mm -hmm. or we might just need to get you hooked up with Ernest Jefferson. Because is your is your ministry virtual? Can anybody um yeah, be a part of it? Yeah, so so what I do with uh, Carolina Christian Singles, I kind of, it's a Facebook page, and you can connect with that, and I try to promote wholesome uh, events <laughs> for Christian single adults, because some things I get, I do not promote, <laughs> but... So y'all not going to the strip club? Absolutely, yeah, we're okay, not got doing it. that, that <laughs> we'll not do it, and, and it's not an online dating uh, site, which a lot of people get to, but I mean, this, you know, it's, it's all good, <laughs> but you know, there, there are so many, you know, great uh, retreats and conferences that are out there. So if single adults would just hook up to that page, Carolina Christian Singles, also uh, Labor Day Singles, I'm on the leadership team for that. It's a national Christian retreat. Um, I recruited Dr. Samantha. She was one of our uh, facilitators there last year, and hopefully she'll be back this year. <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> <laughs> but but yes, yeah, so so ab absolutely. And and you know you know churches, you know what we do here in the Upstate, we we support each other. So for if a single adult goes to a church that doesn't have a singles ministry, you know, we always, you know, invite them to ours and we try to network with each other to reach out to the community of singles. Awesome. So, and I'll make sure I get the information put up for people who might look for it later too. So thank yeah. you so much for sharing that. And yeah. I will close out with you, Sam. 
Okay, well, I will say this. Uh, for somebody who's single and they're not happy in their singleness, I would tell them to do some self-reflection and find out there's two options. Either you're going to work on not being single or you're going to work on yourself, which you should really be doing both. So what is it that you want to do in your life? Do you want to go back to school? Is it a career change? Because a lot of times, like Ernest said, it's not necessarily the single part. It's just your whole entire life, maybe not where you want to be. Because if you're fulfilled um, in the majority areas of your life, then you won't necessarily be sulking um, about the relationship part. So I would say make sure your self-relationship or make sure you're doing what you need to do to be the best version of yourself because we don't attract who we want, we attract who we are. So if I'm unfulfilled or if I'm not living to my best potential, if I'm not doing all I can, then that might be the reason why I am not where I want to be romantically. And are you putting yourself in situations to meet people? Because there's so many people who aren't happy being single, but they don't go anywhere. They don't try to meet people. They don't try to get in that community. So one, make sure you're building yourself, being the best version of who you are, because I can't want a guy with a Mercedes and I'm riding the bus. I mean, I can want that, but let's just be realistic. You know, is the guy who's driving the Mercedes hanging at the bus stop? Probably not. So we have to be realistic about what we want, who we want, and where we are in our lives. And would we want to date ourselves? Would we want us? So we need to be the best, healthiest version. And that's mentally, uh, physically, that's educationally, spiritually, all of it financially. Just make sure that you're at your best self because then you will be in a better space to even um, attract a better potential mate. And then make sure you're getting to know people because I want to marry my friend. I don't want to marry a stranger. So yeah. a lot of times people marry, um, you know, hopefully you hope the majority of them marrying their friends or people they know. And so you have to just be um, in a social atmosphere where you can you know, meet people. And even if you don't make a romantic partner, at least you're making friends. And so you still can have a full life and travel buddies and everything else with friends. So just be a better version of you. And you're either going to attract more friends, people you can hang out with. And then eventually that could lead to a mate. But if not, you still have a great social network. So you're not missing out on anything anyway. That's part That's right there. Part. Well, thank you guys so much for all of your gems, for your input, for your time. I know you guys are busy people. I appreciate this. And I just appreciate you guys. I wish you the best of luck in your ventures. And I hope you guys will come back. Yeah, Sam, you already know I'm going to put you on the roster again. And Ernest, yeah. I hope you will come back again. Absolutely. My pleasure. Thank yeah. you so much. Thank you so much to my guests, Samantha and Ernest, for joining the conversation and sharing your blueprint to how to live single and satisfied. If this conversation spoke to you, please like it, share it, comment. Don't forget to subscribe to my YouTube channel. Remember to check out our website at thischristianwalk.com. And remember, you can stream us on the go at Apple Podcasts as well as iHeartRadio. Now, for my single people, it's so many nuggets in this conversation, right? But what I want you to always remember is singleness is not a punishment. It is no reason to be ashamed or walk around depressed as if your life does not have meaning. That is a lie from the enemy. 
what you should know is there is challenges in every walk of life. And if whether you are called to walk alone or whether you are called to walk with a partner, God is intentional and your life has meaning and you can have a full purpose-filled life if you trust him. And on this walk with God, I know loving God can be easy. Trusting God can be hard. But I believe we can all get there one step at a time on this Christian walk. I'll see you next time. Listen, homie, can you walk with me? Talk with me. What you know about God? Will he ride with me? Come and open my eyes for me. Hear my story. Show me more what's in store. And once more, listen, homie, can you walk? Uh, can you walk? Let's walk.